Well, how about a little inside baseball now? How our strategists look at some key moments in the various speeches and comments today from the leaders. But first, the leaders unplugged. Here are some examples of the messages they were trying to put out today. Our choices have been prudent and our actions have been disciplined. As a result, our economy and our employment have grown steadily over six years. Our budget is balanced, our social programs have been preserved, and we have lowered taxes for hardworking Canadians and delivered significant new benefits directly to Canadian families. Now is not the, kind for the time for the kind of risky economic schemes that are doing so much damage elsewhere in the world. Do you remember when Mr. Harper promised to build a strong economy and create jobs? Recent reports show that Mr. Harper has the worst job creation record of any Prime Minister since the Second World War. And today, there are 200,000 more out-of-work Canadians than before the last recession in 2008. We will kickstart the economy and get Canadians back to work. This is our number one priority. The NDP will talk about helping the middle class, but they won't raise taxes on the wealthiest Canadians. And Mr. Mulcair won't cut taxes for the middle class. In fact, he'll even keep Stephen Harper's plan in place that sends child benefit checks to the wealthiest Canadians. Quite frankly, I don't know why he made the choices he's made. Maybe he's afraid of a tax. Well, I'll tell you something, my friends. I'm not. There is nothing Canadians can't do when we decide to do it together. If you want real security, if you want stability, if you want to go back to our roots, my friends, and get peace, order, and good government, then you need to start looking at the Green Party and our pragmatic, sensible approach, our respect for our institutions, our love of our country and democracy itself. All right, now for the insiders. Jamie Watt has worked on many a conservative campaign. Kathleen Monk has done likewise for the NDP. They're both here in Toronto. And David Hurley has been a key strategist and advisor for the Liberals. He's in Ottawa tonight. So the insiders are all campaign veterans from elections past. They've always tried to be nonpartisan in their segments over the years with us. And as hard as that may be in a campaign, they are going to keep trying over these next 11 weeks. I think we can appreciate that might be tough as we hit the campaign. So here's the question for tonight. Pick one moment from one leader today and deconstruct that remark. Jamie, why don't you start? I picked Tom Mulcair, Peter. A lot of people talk today about the fact he didn't mention Justin Trudeau, he didn't mention the Liberals, but I think he went even farther in the way he talked about himself. All right, well, let's watch the clip you're talking about. Here it is. My beliefs... My values stem from my upbringing. My family story is that of millions of Canadian families. I was the second oldest of 10 kids. We had to work for everything we had. It wasn't easy. We worked hard, played by the rules, and lived within our means. We learned the importance of looking out for one another, of sticking together, of backing up your principles with action. These are the values that guide me as a husband, as a father, and as a grandfather. All right. Now, why did you pick that? 
That could have been Ronald Reagan. That could have been Jim Flaherty. That could have been Dalton McGuinty. All talking to those hardworking blue-collar families that Stephen Harper has courted so well and that were so crucial to his majority government last time around. So not only is Mulcair ignoring the Liberals in, in specifically when he speaks, but he's actually going over their heads right to those switchers that the Tories had to attract and have to keep if they're going to win again. So very deliberate. Very deliberate and I think very well done. All right, Kathleen, what was your moment? Well, I chose Justin Trudeau, and I actually chose the decision the campaign team made about not only where, but when and what time he was going to do his opening statement. Um, he put a positive spin on that, and I think we have the tape. That, sure, let's look at the clip that. now. BC matters, like every corner of the country. And getting outside of the Ottawa bubble is extremely important to Canadians. And second of all, I made a promise to the half a million British Columbians who will be celebrating pride this afternoon, celebrating Canada's diversity. And I'll tell you something. No one's going to get me to break my word, particularly not Stephen Harper. So it's interesting. I chose that, that clip or that moment because I imagine that the campaign team must have had a drag him out, knock him down fight about where we actually do the opening statement and actually what, what time and what do we say. And so they went with going to B.C., keeping the commitment. And he put a very positive spin on that, that he wasn't going to break his word to British Columbians. But equally, I think the negative spin could be, why wasn't he reacting within the four hours that a major event in Canada was called an election? As someone who is right now, you know, polling at third place, I think the expectation that he would respond to the prime minister in a prime ministerial way, in a quick way, um, was expected. So trying to put something positive on what could be a negative problem. Yeah, I think that, I mean, the question might be raised and was probably raised at the campaign team meeting. Why not take the red eye to, uh, to Vancouver early and actually be able to respond at the same time that Mulcair does, Ms. May did, Mr. Ducep did. I think that having not engaged in that conversation early in the day is a problem. All right. David. I was um, most interested today in how much emphasis the prime minister put on national security issues for Canada. All right. Well, let's look at the clip you found on that score. Here it is. This election is also about security, not merely our security against the normal risks of criminal behavior, but our security against the growing threats of an increasingly dangerous world. The rise of the so-called Islamic State in the Middle East has done more than just create an urgent and horrific crisis in that part of the world. It has also fueled the violent global jihadist movement that poses a direct threat to our friends and allies and to us here at home. All right. What did you see in there, David? Well, what I saw was that this is an issue on which the Conservatives have a decisive advantage uh, over the other parties. If the issue in the election campaign was to be who's best to keep Canada safe, that would give the Conservatives by far their best chance at winning a majority government in this election campaign. However, it isn't an issue in this campaign because nobody thinks Canada isn't safe. Uh, and so he is trying to dramatically increase the relevance of an issue that is currently not that relevant in the campaign in order to augment what is 
an issue set that isn't working all that well for them. And so they're trying to make something an issue that isn't. John Turner tried that in 1988 with free trade. He made it an issue, still lost the election, but was able to make it an issue. Pierre Trudeau tried in 1979 to make national unity in the Constitution trump a declining economy and a desire for a change in government. He wasn't able to make that successful. But clearly, uh, Mr. Harper is counting on the fact that he will be able to make national security for Canada, which has not been a ballot issue in this country in 50 years, a ballot issue in October. All right. Uh, I've only got a couple of minutes left. I want to shift focus ahead. Those were fascinating, by the way, watching the way you break those clips down. Um, but coming up later this week, we've got the debate. Uh, over the next couple of days, people like you are going to be trying to prepare their leaders. What's the key one thing that they'll be trying to get across to their leaders before that debate. Kathleen first. Well, for each leader, it's going to be different. You mm -hmm. know, some of the emotional control, it's not reacting, it's it's continuing to smile. Uh, we used to do this trick with, um, uh, you know, it was written about in Brad Levine's book about how we would have Jack's Blackberry in his back pocket and whenever it would vibrate, he should smile. Uh, <laughs> but the problem is everybody started emailing him during the debate. So, of course, it started vibrating like crazy. And so Jack was always smiling, um, uh, well, which worked to us. No, it worked as advantage. Right. Jamie. Well, I think everybody fought to a draw today, so I don't think today mm -hmm. changed anything for anybody. So that means the next uh, election event just becomes that much more important. So they're all going to be trying to break out of the pack. We, I mean, every pollster tell us we've got all three of them within a very close range of each other. So I think this election, especially since it's 11 weeks, there, I don't think there's going to be a grand slam home run. I think it's going to be a whole series of singles and doubles, and eventually that's going to build up uh, the winning advantage. So we'll see who comes out first on uh, the debate night. All right, on uh, debate night then, David, for you, last thought. Uh, normally on debate night, you got the whole country tuning in and watching the thing, and so people watch the debate and develop their own sense. In this case, nobody's going to see the debate. They're going to see it through clips. I imagine these debates are going to be more like the way talk shows like Jimmy Fallon are now, where it's a bunch of attempts to get set pieces where there's the right exchange that you can then capitalize either on spinning through the media or putting in your own television commercials and getting out there. It's all going to be about having the right moment. All right. Well, it will be very different, uh, the debate this week. We'll see just the first of what could be many debates. All right. Thank you all. The inside story from the insiders, David Hurley in Ottawa, Kathleen Monk, and Jamie Watt here in Toronto.